You're listening to the weekly podcast of Bethel Bible Church and Pastor Clint Wright. We're so glad you've joined us today. And as always, you can find more information about the church at our website, BethelBible.com. You can find us on Facebook and even follow us on Twitter at Bethel Bible. Let's join Sunday's service now. Uh, to our worship band, thank you so much for leading us in worship. And Adam, thank you for leading us in the Lord's Supper together. Uh, if you want to get out your Bibles, you can start in the book of Ephesians. We're going to jump around a little bit because uh, the Lord had a curveball for us this morning. So I feel like I just got zapped or something. Uh, so Jeff Bice, our missions pastor, was all set to preach this morning and prepared. And yesterday his voice went completely out. It was gone. So uh, we are shifting to plan B. The good news is uh, what we lack in preparation, we will probably make up for in brevity. So I figure we'd all be on the same page there. Uh, I want to just talk to us about some material that we usually cover in Discover Bethel. And so we just had one of those. If you were there, this may be a little bit repetitive, but you know what? That's a good thing because this is some of the basic biblical truth that is foundational to us. Everything we do all the time, every time we meet, is built on top of this. So this is the type of truth that we cannot be reminded too much of. And I want to spend our time together really just trying to answer one question. What is the church? Have you ever thought about that? What? We go to church. You're a member of a church. Maybe you you visit churches. But what is a church? Now, that's not usually where we start. Usually, the, when I think about church, the, the thing I, I first think about is, well, what does the church do? Like, what are its ministries and its programs, and how long is this guy going to preach, and what's the music like, and, and that kind of stuff. But we gotta, we got to back up a little bit. Have you ever backed up and thought, okay, what is the church? I mean, is it a, is it a service organization? Is it a property in a group of buildings? Is it a friendship group, a membership club? What, what exactly is it? The Bible actually spends a lot more time answering that question. What is the church than it does trying to tell us what to do? And there's a reason for that. It's because our, our identity always precedes our doing. So before we get busy doing a bunch of stuff, you got, you got to know who you are and, and, and how you were created and, and what you are. And the way the Bible answers this, it, the Bible's not a dictionary. So it doesn't give us a definition where you look up church and here's the, you know, epitomology and the syllables. No, no, no. We don't, we don't get a definition as much as we get metaphors. There's all these metaphors in the New Testament for what is the church. And, and the reason for that is these, these metaphors, they should activate our imagination and help us to know God and know one another better in, in, in a richer, deeper level than just a dictionary definition would do. And so there's several metaphors in the New Testament. I want to spend some time on just three. And I think it's the, the three main ones we find in the New Testament. Body, building, and bride. The church is a body, the church is a building, and the church is a bride. So let's talk about this first one first, body. And there's a lot of layers to all these metaphors. I want us to look at one layer, our sanctification, how we grow in Christ. So let's turn to Ephesians 4. Verse 15 and 16, Paul writes this, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So this passage, it actually tells us a lot about how we grow spiritually. 
Now, I want you to imagine something. So, I, you know, my little pinky finger here, I got a, it's a good pinky. Uh, we've been together 39 years, and so far, so good. Everything's gone well. But let's say today, this pinky of mine decided, you know what? I'm sick and tired of this body. This body is full of hypocrites. I went, you know, I showed up, I woke up this morning, that mouth didn't talk to me. That other pinky, he thinks he's better than me. I'm, I'd be way better on my own. I want my freedom. I want to do what I want to do. And so my pinky decided to detach itself from my body. How's that going to go for that pinky? Is that pinky going to grow? The opposite. It's going to die. And if you don't believe me, Steve Hudson is here this morning. He'll be happy to show you a picture of what happened to his finger when it detached from his body. And we've got others too. It's happened multiple times in this church. It's not going to go well, right? A Christian, according to the New Testament, it's like a hand, a foot, a pinky. We are only healthy and we only grow when we are attached to the body. That's the healthiest place for us to be. And so this metaphor, it ties our spiritual growth to one another. The, the biblical, the New Testament picture of spiritual growth isn't I grow and then you grow, but just kind of beside me. No, no, no. It is we grow together. That's the picture. The most important thing about a body is its head. And so Paul tells the, the head of the body is Christ. Now, think about what, what does a head do? Your head, your brain, it directs, it controls, it unifies the whole body. And so the head itself doesn't do the walking and the talking. Right now, as you're hearing me, it's not my head that's making the sounds that you're hearing. It's my vocal cords in my neck. But what's the head is controlling it and unifying and dictating it. So the picture is that the church is how Jesus works and moves and speaks into the world right now. It is Jesus' hands and feet until he returns. It is his incarnation in the now that we live in. Which means, which means to be separated from the body is to be separated from the head and separated from Jesus' work in the world. You know, there's a, there's a dynamic that's un, it's unfortunate, but it's very common in our culture today. Well, people will, in all honesty and all sincerity, beg and pray and plead for God to work in their life. But then they refuse to go to the place or have relationships with the people in which his provision rests in his body. You know, I was even thinking over the past 24 hours, you know, as I think about the essential ingredients in my spiritual life. My, my kind of gut reaction is the things that just I do. So my Bible reading, my prayer time, even my personal morality or my personal theology, what I believe in. And in that, it's so natural for the church to be good and important, but kind of second tier. Not, not on the same level as all of those things. But that's not what the New Testament says. The Bible says the church is the body of Christ. And that means it is just as essential as all those other things in your growth and in your connection to Christ. Let's move to the second metaphor, a building. And I want you to think worship when we think about this metaphor. So one of the ways to understand the Old Testament is kind of like a prequel to Christ. So the whole thing was written with 
what's coming in my, next in mind. It was all written to help us understand and appreciate and properly identify what was coming next in Christ. So it's full of pictures to help us understand Christ, who he is, and what he does. And one of these pictures throughout the Old Testament is the temple. So in the temple in the Old Testament, the, this temple was the place that God made where God and man can dwell together. People can come into the presence of God and we can worship, we can offer sacrifices, we can even celebrate what God has done. So with that picture in mind, let's read Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. It says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So, Old Testament, God dwelt in the temple. Where does God dwell now? Still in a temple. But where's the temple? Now, my gut reaction to say, well, the temple's in me. I'm the temple. And, and that's true. 1 Corinthians 6, Paul says, yes, my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. But there's more. See, God is in me, but he's not in me alone. You and I are not a temple by ourselves. The picture Paul gives us here is, is you are a stone in the building of the new temple. And so collectively, together, each stone stacked up makes this new temple. And he says Christ is the cornerstone. Everything's built on top of Christ. Without him, the whole thing crumbles. And that's what makes the church different than any other organization you can be a part of. There's lots of great organizations out there, but they're all built on something we have in common. So a sport, uh, an interest, a need, maybe just geography. We live in the town and we, we go to the same school. Maybe the ages of our kids, not the church. The church, our relationship together is built on Christ and him alone. And he said it's built on the foundation of apostles and prophets. Here he's talking about God's word. So I don't get to make up what the church is all about and what it's built on. The culture doesn't get to make it up. The church, he's saying, is timeless. It's built on what's been true for all times, in all places, for all the people of God. And then notice this. Who does the building? Jesus does the building. And look what he does. He joins us together. He grows us, and he makes us holy. And y'all, this is an exact picture of the temple worship from the Old Testament, where God makes a place where we can come and be in his presence, and as we are in his presence, we are transformed. We behold him, and by beholding him, we become like him. And it is a work that he does. That's what Paul's saying here. The church is the new temple where transformation happens in God's presence. Let's look at this last metaphor, the bride. As we talk about the bride, I want you to think about eternity. Revelation 21, 9. Then came one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues and spoke to me saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. This is 
In Revelation, uh, the heading in your Bible probably says the wedding supper of the Lamb. This is Jesus' wedding day. Now, it's interesting. You know, we're the bride. We're the church. It says the groom is the Lamb. What, why does it say that? Why does it say Jesus or the Son or the second member of the Godhead Trinity or Jesus of Nazareth? Why does it say the Lamb, the wedding supper of the Lamb? Well, it's because it's a sacrificial Lamb. Jesus isn't just any groom. He is the groom who gave his life for his church. He was arrested, beaten, humiliated, and crucified. And during this whole time, he refused to call down legions of angels to rescue him. He willingly suffered like a lamb sent to slaughter. Why? For this day. This day in Revelation 21. For his bride. The Bible says here, Jesus endured the cross for the joy set before him. Well, what's the joy? We know from Revelation, the joy is the church. That's his joy. It's his bride. He was looking forward to his wedding day. Now, I'm used to thinking he died for me. And again, that is true, but it's incomplete. See, men and women, Jesus, Jesus is a one-woman man. He doesn't have millions and billions of brides. He has one bride, the church. And I'm just a part of that. And that also means that what we're doing today, what we're doing right now, as we worship together, as we learn together, as we serve one another, what we're doing right now is it's kind of like our engagement. We are preparing for the groom. We are preparing for eternity. And so what the church does now will only increase in eternity. So when you look at the Bible, men and women, there's no way around it. The church is God's will for your life. It is how he sanctifies you. It is how he calls you to worship. And it is who you will be for all eternity. We've found a way to express that here. We, we call it our vision statement, Bethel's vision, where we take these metaphors and we try to put it into wording for where God's put us right here and right now. And we say it this way. We want to be about growing communities. So if you belong to God... You're part of a body. You're a sibling in a family. You're a brick in a building. Every one of these metaphors isn't about just me and Jesus and you and Jesus and we coexist beside each other for a little while. No, no, no. It is about us being a part of a community. We want to be building leaders. When we say leaders, here's what we mean. People of influence. Because these say, I'm not a leader. You know, I'm, a, I'm an introvert. No matter who you are, where you are, what your personality is, you have, God has put you in a place and you have influence in people's lives. And so whatever that is, whatever that amount of influence we have, we want to use it to live lives of worship and make his name great. We want to be a people who multiply the, the fame, not of ourselves, the name, not of ourselves, but of our groom, of our cornerstone, of our head. And then we want to leave, live generously. It's another common thread in all these metaphors that each part serves the others. Each stone does their part for the larger whole, for the body of Christ. You know, I think as we look around and what our culture is like and what's normal in our world, I think increasingly we, we are becoming a culture where Christians view, the, view themselves as spiritual individuals. You know, and they, we view the church as kind of an optional convenience. And so it's good as, as long as, 
as long as I have a good experience, as long as I'm not too tired, as long as I'm not too busy, but it's not quite essential. You know, I mean, I, I can, me and God can do our thing, and I, and I can be a spiritual individual on my own. In fact, the, all the latest research, the latest numbers show that people who consider themselves committed Christians come to church less than twice a month. And to me, hear me out, to me, y'all, the, the greatest danger in that, it's not that programs suffer or attendance suffers or even that giving suffers. The greatest danger in that trend is that it reveals a devaluing in our hearts for the bride of Christ. It reveals that the church doesn't hold the same place in my heart as it does in Jesus who I claim to worship. And so if if we worship Jesus and he gave his life for his bride, the church, shouldn't the church be precious to us? To which I would say, absolutely it should. There's a great song from years ago, simply called The Church, and it's written from the point of view of Jesus singing about his bride, singing about his church, and I think the chorus puts it well. It says, because I haven't come only for you, but for my people to pursue. You cannot care for me with no regard for her. If you love me, you'll love my church. Let's be a people, men and women, who love Jesus and love his church. Thanks again for listening to the podcast today. We hope that you were blessed and encouraged. If you have questions or comments, we want you to let us know. Simply send your thoughts to questions at BethelBible.com. Thanks for spending time with us and be sure to join us next week on the Bethel Bible Podcast.